the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for tuning in. God's Word tells us that fathers are the leaders in their families. They are responsible for setting the spiritual tone and being the role model for their wife, sons, and daughters to emulate. Fathers must be as determined to preserve the family as Satan is to destroy it. Despite Satan's non-stop attempts to destroy the family, there is victory in Christ Jesus now and for generations to come if the children of God stand firm to the glory of God. Listen closely with Bible, pen, and paper handy as Pastor Rander ministers to us today. Ephesians 6, 4 says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Be fair to them. Use wisdom in your discipline. Don't over-discipline your children. Have balance with your children. Each of your children are different. Uh, You shouldn't give them everything they want, but you need to be reasonable. When they earn the right to be disciplined, discipline them when it's necessary. Uh, Sometimes they deserve to be disciplined and then you extend grace and say, you know, I should have got you for that, but I'm extending, extending grace. Is there grace in your heart, daddy? I'm getting you, boy, and I'm counting them up. Rather bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. First Corinthians 13, 4a also says love is patient and kind. This means that we should be patient when our children are struggling. We should never call them a dummy or you hard to learn or don't go to college. You won't add up to nothing. Stop putting a gloom and doom report on your children. You expect great things of your children, even if they're struggling. Hey, this is just a phase you're going through. You're going to be all right. We're going to walk you through this. We all have different struggles. We all have issues. If you need a tutor, if you need help, we're going to get you the help. But you are going to succeed and we're going to help you to succeed. And we're going to speak success over you and not uh, terms that demoralize you. You have to be patient through their challenges. Your children will fail. They will have setbacks. They will make poor decisions. We made them. Some of them are on addi- their addictions. They, they're addicted to di- different things. Uh, but most of all, you be patient when listening to your wife and your children. As fathers, this also includes being patient with yourself when things are not progressing in your own life and you find yourself committing the same sins over and over again. You need to repent and cry out to Jesus for deliverance. Ruth Graham is buried on the grounds of the Billy Graham Library in Charlotte, North Carolina. A year or two ago, Darlene and I were struck as we looked at the epitaph engraved on her headstone. We were moved by the words which read, and I quote, end of construction, 
thanks for your patience. Wow. Beloved, God is not through with us yet, which means that we are all under spiritual construction. Did y'all know that? All of us are. All all of us are under spiritual construction. I am too. God is not through with me. The day God gets through with me, I'm on my way to heaven. You know, he's not through with you. Now, sometimes you hear hard truth and, and, and you say, well, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. Well, now stop letting that be your motto. You need to hurry up and get there. You're 50 years old. I'm not there. You need to grow up and get there. When are you going to get there? Some of you don't want to get there. You're all under spiritual construction. We're all. Therefore, as fathers, allow the Holy Spirit to keep chiseling the rough edges off of you in order to bring you into complete conformity into the image of our Lord, chiseling you day by day, carving you piece by piece, bringing you into conformity of the Lord Jesus Christ. Number five, fathers, God require you to keep the lines of communication open with your children, to keep the lines of communication open with your children. It's a sad day when children don't want to talk to daddies. and wife don't want to talk to him. You must listen to them from the heart. Ask your children stimulating questions. Have stimulating conversations about anything. They ought to be able to come to you about anything. It doesn't matter how bad it is or whatever it is. They ought to be able to talk to you. If they don't talk to you, they're going to talk to somebody and they're going to get the wrong information. And you ought to be able to talk, especially around the dinner table. If you ask the right questions, it will stimulate open and honest conversations. A rule in your home should be no technology during meals and when eating out in restaurants. My wife and I eat out in restaurants and we see everybody the mama has a cell phone. She's on it. The dad is on it. Every child on it. The five-year-old on it. What five-year-old got to talk about? Everybody's on it. I said, put that phone down and talk to each other. Friends, listen. Be a spiritual voice in your family and minister with your words. So many are speaking into the lives of your children and so must you. You must not allow the voices of this world system to be the only voice your children hear. Deuteronomy 6, 7 says you shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you get up. At every moment you spend time making room for conversation to talk about God and life and issues. Number six, as spiritual leaders in in our homes, God requires husbands and fathers to be affectionate. Now, this was a sticky one because we men are so macho. But God is calling us not to be hard, but to be what? Affectionate. Luke 15, chapter 15, verses 20 and 24 says, And he arose and came to his father. This is about the prodigal son. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion. Well, what? He didn't say, now, what you come back now for? You spend all the money. Here you come. You broke now. I don't hear that. You know how you can do? You you, you make your bed hard. You ought to lay in it. 
No, no, you didn't. Where's the money? That's what some of y'all in here would have said that. I'm through with you. Now, stop saying that. God is not through with you. Come on. God is not through with you. How many of y'all want God to be through with you? Well, then why are you saying you through with your child? Never, never tell your child you through with. That means you not, you know, when you say you through with you, I'm through with you, boy. That means you're not going to even pray for him. You're not going to help him. Sometimes they got to come back. You know, the product, the, the, the father of the prodigal son, let, he let the child come back home. And sometimes you see them all. Y'all know where I'm going. And all of a sudden, here they come. And usually they're coming with some extras. Bring them all in. Help them. Like being in a boxing match. You put them in the corner and you work on them and nurture them and get them all cleaned up and help them out. And they'll stop saying I told you so. Don't wash their face. Don't gloat in it. And then help them back out. Okay. Help them in and what? That's right. Y'all said that pretty good. <laughs> and so he saw him. The daddy saw him and had compassion. And ran, I can see that old man running and fell on his neck and kissed him. I bet they fell on him. They fell on him. He just all over and just kisses. God Almighty. Verse 24. Why was he kissing the boy so? This my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And he began to be merry. Listen, instead of saying, I told you so, when your child comes to their senses, that ought to make you happy. That's right. You ought to be, you ought to be glad. You ought to be thankful. Hey, God has answered my prayers. Praise God, boy. I've been waiting on you. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. With the return of his prodigal son, Perhaps the rejoicing father couldn't stop hugging and kissing his long lost son because of being so overwhelmed with the joy of his return. A godly father will take the initiative to love, hug not only his wife, but also his children and his grandchildren. Husband, when the last time you kissed your wife? Some of y'all haven't kissed and I don't know when. You go on all day and you come on. Hi. Hey, I'm home. What you, what you got to cook? What you got to eat? Look how quiet it's getting in here now. Let's say you kiss your wife. I kissed my wife this morning. I prayed for her. I prayed again. I was laying, I read a, a Bible. I was reading the Bible to the kids, the grandkids. We had them for about 10 days. Oh, have children when you're young. Oh, my goodness. The energy that five and six year old had. And they were laying on the bed. And, he, and I, and so I was, I was reading the Bible. I was reading well, second Thessalonians and I was reading that last chapter to him. And all of a sudden, my granddaughter, I said, what you doing? I'm kissing you. 
And then I look for, I start down there and did up. I kiss you on your bald head. Ha ha ha. And then they were going, then they went. I say, stop it. Don't you do that no more. And I was just hoping they would. And they kept going. And then I got them and I kissed them about 10 times on this cheek and 10 times on that cheek. 10 times. And they just, they wiped the kiss off. And they be wiping the kiss off because they making room for Mo. Fathers, do you leave your children well kissed? I was talking to Aubrey. He would help me edit a message. And we got to the section. I looked up at Aubrey. I said, Aubrey, you what you want? Said, your boys are good and grown. Yeah, Arizona and all that right there. You, you kiss your boys. He said, yeah, I give, when I see them, when they come and when they go, I give them a peck on the cheek. I said, that is so good. Men, when is the last time you kissed your son, even though grown? When the last time you kissed your daughter in a healthy way? When is the last time you even kissed your wife and didn't want nothing in return? I didn't tell a joke, did I? <laughs> Dads, if you display healthy, appropriate affection, your children will not be looking for love in all the wrong places or from the wrong people who will exploit them. If they get healthy, Affection at home, they won't get carried away out of your house. And they won't be starving for it to the point that somebody use them and abuse them because you didn't give it in a right context when they were under your authority. Number seven. Number seven. You said, how many more you got? Well, I'm, I'm really about done now. God requires us as spiritual leaders to be godly examples as fathers. He requires us as spiritual leaders to be godly examples as fathers. This means that we must live out what we believe about Christ. Live it out. Oh, I'm a Christian daddy. I know the Lord. But are you living it out before your children? Fathers, God requires you to rise up and be faithful husbands to your wife and children. Do not expect your sons to be good examples for their future wife if you do not display that behavior for them to emulate. You must lead by example. John 13, 15 says, for I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Philippians 3, 17 says, uh, brethren, join in following my example and note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern, a template. As fathers, being a godly example for our, for our families is the most powerful way to demonstrate our kingdom values. Our values as fathers must not be taught, only taught, but they also must be caught 
through living a godly example before our children and before our family. What do you expect your children to catch from your life? What do you expect your children to catch from your life? We not, we cannot give what we do not have. How can we expect to share the truth of God's word without living it out first ourselves? Values, listen to this, values are transmitted from life to life. Where you spend your time is what you value most. Let me say that again. Where you spend your time is what you value most. Fathers, allow me to ask you this question. Where do you spend your time and what do you spend it on? If you value your children, you will spend quality time with them. I like that old song, Cats in the Cradle by Harry Chapin. It says, My child arrived just the other day. He came to the world in the usual way. But there were planes to catch and bills to pay. He learned to walk while I was away and he was talking for I knew it. And as he grew, he'd say, I'm going to be like you, Dad. You know, I'm going to be like you. And the cats in the cradle and the silver spoon. Little boy blue and the man in the moon. When you're coming home, Dad. I don't know when, but we'll get together then. You know, we'll have a good time then. My son turned 10 just the other day. He said, thanks for the ball, Dad. Come on, let's play. Can you teach me to throw? I said, not today. I got a lot to do, he said. That's okay. And he walked away, but his smile never dimmed and said, I'm going to be like him. Yeah, you know, I'm going to be like him. And the cats in the cradle and the silver spoon Little boy blue and the man in the moon. When you're coming home, dad. I don't know when, but we'll get together then. You know, we'll have a good time then. Well, he came from college just the other day. So much like a man, I just had to say, son, I'm so proud of you. Can you sit a while? Son shook his head and said with a smile, what I really like, Dad, is to borrow your car keys. See you later. Can I have them, please? And the cats in the cradle and the silver spoon, little boy blue and the man in the moon. When you coming home, son? I don't know when, but we'll get together then, Dad, you know. We'll have a good time then. I've long since retired and my son's moved away. I called him up just the other day. I said, I'd like to see you if you don't mind, son. Son said, I'd love to, Dad, if I could find the time. You see, my new job's a hassle and the kids got the flu. 
but it sure been nice talking to you. Dad has been real nice talking to you. And as I hung up the phone, it occurred to me he'd grown up to be just like me. My boy was just like me. And the cats in the cradle and the silver spoon, little boy blue and the man in the moon. When are you coming home, son? I don't know when, but we, we, we'll, we'll get together then, dad. We're going to have a good time then. Ask yourself these questions from the article entitled Delighting in My Children by Wayne Webster. Ask yourself these questions, Dad, to see if your children are your priority. Do I play with my children? Do I seek opportunities to be with them? Do I include my children in my life choices and opportunities? Am I a daily encourager and cheerleader for them? Do my children know that I enjoy them? Am I striking the right balance between silly and serious? Does my family and extended family plans to have fun together? Do I pay attention to the details of what they love? Do they want more time with me and do I offer it? In closing, as a father, the leadership you give and the example you set will build the best defense for your children and grandchildren in a world that seeks to devour them. You are the key to your home and to generations that's going to follow you. First Corinthians 11, one says, be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. Daddy, can you say, follow me as I follow Christ? If our children and grandchildren follow our public and private lives, what would our homes look like? Would they be immoral homes? Would the church be immoral? What about what would the world look like if they were if the world acted just like you privately and publicly? What would this world look like? If your life does not reflect the holiness and character of God, then you need to repent and come to Jesus now. Rise up. The Lord is calling. Rise up. This is the day. Rise up and seize the moment. Rise up, O men of faith. Rise up, O men of God. Have done with lesser things. Give hearts and soul and mind and strength to serve the King of Kings. Rise up, O men of God. His kingdom tarries long. Bring in the day of brotherhood and in the night of wrong. Rise up, O men of God. The church for you doth wait. Her strength unequal to her task. Rise up 
and make her great. Lift high the cross of Christ. Tread where his feet have trod as brothers of the son of man rise up, O men of God. And all God's children said, let's pray. And Father, I pray that people be still in the Holy Ghost because you have spoken. Lord, we needed a word from the Lord and you gave it. Now we have come to the moment of decision and I pray, oh God, that you would move men, women, boys and girls and families into a saving relationship with you. There are men, families, there are girls and mothers, grandparents, aunts and uncles, and nephews, nieces, don't belong to a church home. If they die, they don't even have a church to bury. I pray in the name of Jesus that the spirit of procrastination will not Come into the hearts of your people, but they will say, I heard enough to get up and come to Jesus now. I pray, oh God, that Satan not get the victory by keeping people in the seat, presuming on a tomorrow that may not come, but they would rise in victory. Receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and say, I surrender my life totally, unconditionally to him now in Jesus' name. And all God's children said, the Bible says, whosoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The Bible says, believe on the Lord and you shall be saved. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Your being here today is no accident. God brought you here. But at the end of the day, you came because God prompted your heart to come because he had this message specifically for you. But the question comes now, what are you going to do with it? Are you going to sit down on it and let your God moment pass? Or will you say, you know what? This is a Bible teaching church where the word of God is taught, where people are serious about Jesus. Jesus is enough when money can't satisfy you, when women can't satisfy you, when that job and their career cannot satisfy you, when golf cannot satisfy you, when sports cannot satisfy you, or when the world, the things of this world, education cannot satisfy you. I know someone who satisfies from the guttermost to the uttermost, and his name is Jesus. God set the divine order for the family. It will stand the test of time. Fathers must submit unto Christ, who is the head of the man, and to God's call upon their lives to be the spiritual leaders of their families. By doing so, their families and their future generations will have the opportunity to live with our Lord and Savior throughout eternity. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and so much more. 
You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, 78109, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.